And Employment Law is what we do. The number is 1-855-821-5900. Lior's email, lior at employmenthour.com. And we'll be uh, talking over the next hour over things you probably don't know or should need to know or possibly you have a severance package in front of you. You want uh, some more information, you can email Lior and uh, call him anytime, day or night. Well, preferably day. Uh, we always start the week, my friend, with the week that was. How was it? Well, thank you, John. And welcome to all our listeners. But speaking of the week, John, mm-hmm. this is our two-year anniversary. I can't believe this can is you- the week. Two years we've been doing this show. That's that's right. We've been educating people on their employment Opening rights. Their eyes. Yes, telling them the truth for two years. So, so uh, wow. happy anniversary, John. No kidding. You too, man. Good job. What'd Good you job. buy me? I bought you a big sign that says, do not listen to the Ministry of Labor. You do not get one week or two weeks per year. No, you don't. You don't. So exactly. So to John's point, let's talk a bit about employment law and uh, talk about the week that was. Every week we like to start off by talking about a couple of situations that I saw this week where I think hopefully there's a lesson to be learned uh, for our listeners. Mm-hmm. So in the first case uh, that I'm going to tell you about, uh, the uh, the employee had been... Uh, uh, working for her employer for seven years, and uh, she went on a disability leave. Well, in a sense, she, she got a doctor uh, confirming that she had a medical condition and she had to go on a leave. So she provided her doctor's note to her employer, and her employer's response, which was the first time I had ever heard of anything like that, was, wait a second, we don't have more than 50 employees, therefore we don't have to allow you to take a medical leave of absence. So by going on a medical leave of absence, you're quitting. So, so long, farewell, we don't have to pay you a dime. Nice. Uh, and so I, I, I was confused. I never heard about this whole 50 uh, employee things in order to, to allow someone to take a, a medical leave of absence. And then I realized what this employer had done wrong. Under the Employment Standards Act, some employees are entitled to what we call a family uh, leave of a- family medical leave of absence. So mm-hmm. if you have a family member that has a medical leave of absence, right. uh, certain employers have to give you some time, a couple of weeks to go and care for them uh, and, and, and protect your job. Now, that applies to certain employers, and it would not apply to an employer with less than 50 employees. But that's not what this is. Your medical leave of absence, your disability leave, has nothing to do with the size of the employer. As long as the doctor says that you're not able to work, then guess what? You're not able to work. The employer has to allow you to take Mm -hmm. time off, even if it's weeks, months, sometimes even years. So this employer got it wrong, completely wrong, and effectively terminated this person's employment. So so they have a a nasty surprise, I think, uh, being served on them right now, which is some correspondence from me. Uh, saying uh, you guys uh, did something you're not supposed to and you guys have to pay her a lot of compensation. So don't fall into that trap if you're an employer. You always have to provide a medical leave of absence to your employees and then understand employees, we'll talk about it more uh, in the show today, John, Mm -hmm. but as long as the doctor says you can't work, the employer has no choice but to allow you to have that time off. There's no ifs or buts about that. Could they turn around and say, oh, geez, sorry, we, you know, we, didn't, uh, we, we didn't realize we were wrong. You can have your job back. They can, except right. that here's the, the, the thing is this actually happened. I, I just spoke with her this week. Okay. But this happened six months ago. Okay, never okay? mind. So if they wanted to come back to work, fine. But they'll have to pay for the six months that she's been off work. Right. And if they want to do that, I don't think uh, this lady would object. No kidding. So in, in, in that respect, uh, yeah, it's probably not a good, uh, good move by the, uh, by the employer. Okay. Uh, second situation uh, I'm going to tell you about, uh, you know, very different. The employer terminated uh, my, my client for cause, supposedly for stealing. Uh, this is a major hotel that uh, she used to work for, and she was uh, a cleaning person. She cleaned in the hotel, and they said that she stole something from a kitchen. 
except uh, there was no evidence. There was no video uh, except someone said that they saw a black woman going to the kitchen, and this lady is a black woman, mm-hmm. and that's it. So they fired her on that basis. Nice. So uh, that's, you know, you, there's a, a oh. term, John, that you coined, which is a whole uh, lot of wrong, or a big bowl of big wrong. Big bowl of wrong. Yeah, and that's this. First of all, you can't terminate someone for cause unless you have the goods, you have the proof. And by, by saying, well, you know, it's a black woman, so it must be her. Now it's a human rights issue no as kidding. well, potentially. So, uh, you know, this is a large employer that really should have known better. And what they've done is taken a simple situation, made it more complicated, ex- ex- increased their exposure. They're going to have to pay a heck of a lot of compensation. So, you know, really employers, if you're going to let someone go for misconduct, you really need to have your ducks in a row. You want to make sure, number one, that the employee did it. Number two, that you can prove it. Number three, that there's some sort of a record uh, there in terms of how you've investigated it uh, and that you gave the person an opportunity to respond, which they did not do in this case. We believe you did it. You're gone. I can't believe they did that. It, that's exactly what they did, and they put that uh, even in writing. So it's it's really, really a, a bad, bad case. Uh, but the good news is for this lady, and she had worked for the company for 38 years, John, 38 wow. years. She deserved a heck of a lot better than that after 38 years, and she's easily going to get 24 months oh, compensation. Oh, yeah, I knew the compensation would be that high. Easy, John. It's just, well, it's like we talked about last week, and that is if you're going to fire for cause, you've got to make sure it's absolute, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You, you really have to have your ducks in a row. It's difficult to do, uh, and in this case, the employer is not even close. Want to get into employees off work with disability? First, we'll take a short break. You want to send us an email this morning. That would be great. Leor will answer some a little later on the show. Throughout the show, actually, we'll throw a couple out there. It is Leor, L-I-O-R, at employment. Hour.com. And the number anytime is one 821 More of the Employment Hour coming up on AM640 and AM900 CHML. And we're back again. Leor at EmploymentHour.com is the email and the number is one 821 We'll get to some emails uh, in just a bit. You want to ask us some questions, you can send us an email and we'll get to it uh, over the next hour. I want to get into this and that is employees off work because of disability. Now, one of your week that was topics was about that. So I want to get into some uh, some questions here. Uh, very common issue in your practice. Describe for us a typical scenario where someone's offered disability. Yeah, and, and it is a really, really common issue, John. And a lot of our listeners are probably in that situation. And you know they should be relieved to know that these issues are common and they're usually fairly easy to resolve. So what is a common uh, case that I deal with in terms of uh, people that are off on disability? Usually it's a situation where they've been off for a while uh, and uh, the employer writes to them and says, yeah, we, we're letting you go. We're ending the relationship with you. And uh, the, the question then becomes, well, wait a second. What am I owed? Am I owed anything? I can't go back to work. Uh, I'm hoping to go back at some point, but it's going to take me a, a while. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, if they're going to let me go, is it going to impact my insurance benefits that I'm getting? Is it going to impact my, my regular health benefits? Uh, what, what am I owed? So the answer generally to this situation is if you're terminated while you're on a disability leave, you're entitled to severance. You're entitled to compensation, the same as every other employee. The fact that you actually cannot work right now doesn't change that. In fact, it may mean you're, you get more severance. So you get your severance uh, in the same way based on the length of your employment, your age, and your position. Another common scenario may be, as, as in the week that was story that mm-hmm. I, uh, I mentioned earlier, is that someone uh, asks to go on a leave, provides a medical note, and the, and the employer says, no, we're not going to allow you to do that. Uh, and, and instead, if you're going to do that, you're going to be let go. Happens all the time. An employer has to provide a, a, the, the leave or has to allow the employee to go off work, whether there's a disability plan or not. If there is, the employee is entitled to damages or compensation from the disability plan. If not, they may get EI. But an employer cannot say you cannot go on a leave. If they do that, not only is a termination potentially – it's a uh, human rights issue as well. 
How about if someone's been off for, say, a year and a half, and then the employer comes and says, you know what, I've had enough, I'm letting you go. Does their severance have to include that year and a half they've been off as well as the other 14 years or whatever, right? Absolutely, and that's a great question because the time spent on a leave of absence, on a medical leave of absence, counts towards your service, which means it would count towards your severance. So if you've been uh, working for 14 years off for two and then your employment was terminated, then you're now a 16-year employee, and that impacts your entitlements. Uh, So employers also need to be mindful of that because if you now have an employee that has been off for a few years maybe, uh, then – the longer you continue to, to allow the, uh, the leave to go on, then the more service the person uh, accumulates. So you may want to find out, are they going to be able to come back to work? And at that point, if they, they're not, you may want to do something about the relationship now because for the employer, the longer you work, to, uh, the longer you wait to deal mm-hmm. with someone that's on a leave, it increases your exposure. But remember, time on a medical leave counts towards your service. one 821 5900 and com. So when can an employee go off work as a result of disability? Right away? Got to wait six months? No, they, they can go as soon as a doctor says, you right. cannot work. You can go on a leave right there and then. You don't need permission from your employer. You don't need to give them advance notice. If a doctor says it's effective today, you are unable to work. That's it. Now, the other thing to understand is an employer not only uh, – well, an employer is required to know that you can't work, but an employer is not allowed to know why. An employer is not, not allowed to know what the condition is. Wow. So maybe it's psychological. Maybe it's a broken back. Uh, maybe it's a, a contagious disease. Either way, the employer does not have a right to know, and the employer does not even have a right to ask questions. An employer can ask questions only with respect to prognosis, not diagnosis. So an employer is allowed to ask questions about how long the leave is expected to last, Mm -hmm. what type of limitations the person is going to have, when they're going to be examined next, but not tell me why they're ill, not tell me uh, exactly what you've diagnosed them with. An employer does not have a right to know that, can't ask those questions, can't ask for medical documents proving that. The only thing an employer is allowed to get is a doctor's note. I guess in a lot of cases, though, I mean, the, the employer would know. I mean, if someone slipped and fallen and yeah. you know, broke a kneecap, then obviously the employer knows why you're going off, right? Absolutely. And it, sometimes it's obvious. It's a moot point. But a lot of times, uh, and especially more these days, you know, we live in stressful times. Mm-hmm. A lot of leaves of absence are, are, are not necessarily physical. Right. They're, they're more psychological. So, uh, you know, stress, depression, uh, insomnia, those types of uh, issues that impact someone physically to the point that they cannot work. And you may not know that by looking at them. Right. So an employer may, in fact, be caught off guard and he, they think everything is okay. And the next day they have an employee going off on a disability leave indefinitely. Even in that situation, even if it's not apparent, the employer is not allowed to know why, what the medical condition is, just that the person cannot work as per doctor's orders. So how long can a person be off work for? And, and great question, again, and ultimately it comes down to when the doctor says they can go back. The short answer is that the, an employee is allowed to be off work until a doctor says they can go back to work, okay? That's until then, and at that point, they have a right to their job back unless something happened in the workplace that made it impossible for the employer to, to have that job available for them. But uh, in, in some absences, could be a few days, some could be weeks, months, some could be years. And, and the fact that you've been off for a long period of time does not mean you've quit, does not mean you've given up the job, and does not mean you can't go back. So uh, as long as the doctor says and that you can't work and supports you in that absence, the employer has to provide uh, the disability leave of absence. The exception, as you know, we've talked on the show before, is this concept of frustration of contract. Mm-hmm. And that only happens if you've been gone very long, usually two years or more. 
And if the uh, employer can show that there's no prospect of coming back to work. So if you've been gone for a very long time, the employer can show that you can't come back to work. At that point, the employer may be able to terminate employment and not pay full severance, only pay you partial severance, which is your minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act. But you, there really has to be no prospect of coming back to What's work. What's the longest you've seen in your practice? Well, I have actually seen someone, and this is a, I, I think I've told this story, was working for a health club and was off on disability for over 30 years. And, and, and wait a second. She only worked 30 years? She only worked for two years and then was off for 30 years because the employer forgot about her. And then, then benefits somehow got cut off because the employer realized there's someone on benefits. And then the employer gets a letter. I was re- representing the employer from the employee's lawyer saying, wait a second, why did you cut her benefits? So the employer looks into it and says, wait Who's a second. Benefits? She worked for us for two years. 30 years ago. Oh, my God. So now you have a 32-year employee on your hands. Uh, that, that's an extreme case. But there have been court cases where uh, the judge found that after six years of absence, mm-hmm. that was still not frustration of contract because wow. the person could have potentially gone back to work at wow. some point. In other news, a health club that lasted 30 years. Go figure. Yeah. You never see that, right? <laughs> we'll uh, take a short break. Some of your emails coming up. Lior at employmenthour.com and one 821 5900 is Lior's number. The Employment Hour continues on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. And back into the Employment Hour. The number is one 821 5900 Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a couple more points here on disability, and then I'll throw a couple questions that have come through. Uh, the email, so you can answer those as well. We left off this. Uh, is the employer allowed to ask for medical information from an employee in any circumstance? No. Well, the employer is only allowed to ask for information that may help the employer determine how long the person is right. going to be away and what kind of accommodation they may require. So there's, there's certain questions that can be asked, but not about the actual medical condition. That is a no-no. Uh, and in some cases, uh, the employer, if the employer f- feels that they're not getting proper answers from the doctor, the employee's doctor, they may be able to ask the employee to see another doctor, a doctor okay. paid for by the, uh, by the employer. But that, that is usually a fairly extreme measure, and the employer can only do that if they've tried to get answers from the employee's doctors and they're just not getting them. Is there ever a situation where an employee can be penalized or terminated because they're off on disability? No, they cannot be penalized because of it. They can be terminated if the termination is not a penalty. If the termination is done legitimately, we okay. close down the department, we have to let everyone go, right. including you, that's that's fine. That's, you're not being penalized. But an employee cannot be penalized, cannot be punished, cannot be treated any differently because they're on a disability leave. That is a, a clear, direct violation of the Human Rights Code. So the employees do have that protection, that, that legislative protection, knowing that if they're on a disability leave, they're protected, they're not going to be penalized, uh, and, and they're in the same, they have the same rights as every other employee. Let's wrap up a, a couple emails that have come through the, this morning. Uh, Sean writes, says, I've been given two choices to reduce my hours significantly or to relocate from Toronto up to Barrie. What are my rights? What do I do? Yeah, and, you know, John, I mean, uh, after two years we've done this, you probably know the term for this, right? Yeah. What's the term? That's a frustration of contract. That's not a frustration I of contract. I know. It's, a, it's, a, um, it's, it's, it's not going to happen, though. No. He, he can get his pay. So two years, folks, right. sitting next to this guy, talking about employment law, talking about these I need issues coffee. Yeah, no. I need coffee. And, 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 and nothing. So Give I'm, me a hint. Our listeners are probably yelling out the correct <laughs> answer right now. I'm just well, playing with you. Constructive dismissal. Dismissal, yes, I know. So, so what that means for, for this. I'm being coy. Yeah, you're being coy. Nice, nice try, John. Uh, for, for this, uh, for this person is the fact that either of those options mm-hmm. uh, represents a significant departure from for him for the terms of his employment. So you're not otherwise you take a pay cut or you relocate. The employer does not have a right to to impose significant changes to the, ter- the terms of employment. 
So what he has, he has options. His first option is to say, no, I'm not going to accept this. Uh, if he does that, that the employer can either say, okay, we've backed off, we're not going to do it, or the employer can impose its will and say, well, then we're going to decide for you and we're going to relocate you somewhere. In that case, that's a constructive dismissal. The employee can potentially quit and get his or her severance. Mm-hmm. So that's the option. You don't have to accept. The other thing is if you think that uh, you're better off taking one of these options than leave with severance, and you can accept it. The problem is once you've accepted, it's going to be very difficult to go back and change If you don't like mind. it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I tried very or whatever it is for a, uh, a few weeks. I don't like it. Now I want to get my severance. At that point, it's probably too late. So the choice is leave with severance because the employer does not have a right to impose conditions like that or uh, remain and, and you know hopefully it works out. Can they do that if it was written in the original employment contract? If at some time we choose to relocate you, you have to accept. If that's if that's an, a smart employer uh, and the employer has a contract that the employee signed that says we can relocate you or we can reduce your pay, then yes, then that is not a constructive dismissal because the employer is simply doing what it's allowed to do, but it had the employee agreed to allow him to do. So in that situation, it wouldn't be a constructive dismissal. In my experience, to see th- terms like that in a contract of employment is fairly rare. Plus, who would sign that, honestly? Like, I wouldn't. Well, you, know, <laughs> right? you, you wouldn't, but it's because we've been doing this show for two years. Yeah, right. What do most people look for in an employment agreement? Pay and vacation time. Yeah, maybe a bonus, uh, but usually pay and vacation. Exactly. They're not going to look at other terms that may, in fact, impact them more. There are terms there that are going to be a lot worse for an employee than whether the salary is 85000 or 80000 Right. Terms that can cost you tens of thousands of dollars, and most people don't pay attention to that, which is why we're here to inform people and tell them what to look for. It is Lior at employmenthour.com. Stan says, I have not received a pay increase in more than five years. Does my employer have to give me an increase? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I get that question, actually, believe it or not, that quite often. And, and, you know, the answer may surprise some. There is no legal obligation to provide a pay increase unless there's a contract that says we'll again, give you a pay increase, yeah. which, again, fairly rare to see. Uh, there's no legal obligation. There's good business reasons and, you know, other reasons why an employer would want to do that, mm-hmm. keep employees happy and motivated and, and rewarded. But legally, they don't have to do it. So uh, unless he got a certain raise every single year and now all of a sudden that stopped, in that case, you can say maybe that's a constructive dismissal. Generally speaking, in this situation, not having a raise in five years, probably nothing you can do about it. We're talking about uh, some disability points before we went off on a couple of emails. What happens if an employer, you talked about not being able to be terminated when you're off on leave. What happens if an employer does terminate the employment of an employee on disability? What happens to them? Well, then they get severance. And most of the times we see that happening when the employee is ready to return back to work. So the employee says, okay, good news, employer. Uh, I know I've been off for uh, 10 months, but I'm, I'm better. My doctor says I can come back to work. Let me know what I can do. And the employer says, well, now we don't have a job for you. And it could be legitimate. There could be legitimate reasons as to why over the last 10 months something's happened, things happened that made it impossible for us to give you your job back. But in that case, the employee is entitled to severance full severance uh, with no, uh, no exceptions. We look at their age, length of employment, and position, and they get their severance. Now, if they're still not at optimal health, they may, in fact, get even more severance because maybe it may take them longer to find another job than if they were in, in peak health. Hmm. So they get their full severance. Now, if the employer is terminating them because they were on a disability leave, that's different. That is a human rights violation. And other than severance, the employee may also be entitled to get other damages as well. We're going to keep on that topic when we, uh, when we come back here. We'll take a short break. The number is one 821 5900 That is Lior's personal number and Lior at employmenthour.com. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming up on AM640 and AM900 CHML. 
And back into it with the Employment Hour. The number is one 821 5900 That's Lior's number and Lior at EmploymentHour.com. We'll get to a couple more of your emails uh, this afternoon here talking about uh, employees being off work because of disability. Now, what if the employee can return to work, but there's some restrictions, can't do the full job like when they left? Yeah, and again, perfect uh, question, something I, I deal with every single day. And the short answer is the employer has to accommodate. The employer has a duty to provide accommodation. Many cases, that will be modified duties, Mm -hmm. maybe light duties. Uh, You know, you're not going to have to carry as much or stand as much. Uh, Modified hours. So, you know, you can do your job, but you just can't do it 40 hours a week right away. Maybe you have to start at 20 hours a week and work your way up to 40. Uh, So the employer has a duty, a very, very strict duty to provide accommodation uh, and What's important to understand is that what triggers that duty, again, is a doctor's note. So okay. it's not enough for me to come back to work and say, employer, just so you know, I don't feel like I can, can, I can do this job. I need another job or I need right. to work less hours. That doesn't matter what the employee says. It matters what a doctor says. So if the employee comes armed with a doctor's note, doctor's letter that outlines what the limitations are, the employer has to accommodate. And if the employer does not and does not have a perfectly good reason as to why it's not, then that, is, that could be considered not only a human rights issue, potentially a constructive dismissal, which which would mean the employee would get severance as well. Is there a tipping point to that, though, or it doesn't matter? Right across the board, you have to accommodate. You have to accommodate up to what we call the point of undue hardship. Right. What that means is when it's really difficult, when maybe the cost of accommodating, uh, accommodating you is very significant or it's going to really cause a big disruption in our business. At that point, we may not have to go that far, but we still have to go pretty darn far before we reach that undue hardship point. And if it gets to that point, then they then the severance comes into play and they let them go? That's right. Okay. That's right. That's exactly okay. right. You cannot let someone go without severance in any of these situations. What's the recourse for an employee coming back to work if the employer refuses to provide that accommodation? Well, the, the recourse is to, to pursue a claim for both human rights damages and severance. And usually, again, unlike other claims, these types of claims are fairly simple usually and because there's really no... A defensible position that an employer is going to have. It's simply a question of going through the right steps to get the employee the compensation that they're owed. one 821 5900 is Lior's number and Lior at employmenthour.com. What happens if, I mean, the, the, the case you, you, we talked about uh, a, a while back with, uh, you know, that employee that was off for 30 years and getting, you know, getting benefits, what happens if they return to work? For some amazing reason, they return to work. What happens to an employee's seniority if they've been off for a while, but they're like a 20-year employee and they come back to work? Do they keep their seniority? They keep their seniority, and it counts, it counts towards their full length of service. So if that 30 employee that's been off for 30 years worked for two and off for 30, came back to work, on day one, they'd be a 32-year employee. Crazy. Awesome. Yeah. Not bad. We'll get to a, a couple more emails here we got debbie says lior always talks about negotiating severance but my employer told me that they've made uh, made me a good severance offer and won't increase it should i bother having my severance offer reviewed well yeah man absolutely big big time and and yes an an employer uh, may not know that uh, their severance offer is inadequate or hopes that you don't know that the severance offer is inadequate but i can tell you this cross the board i see this every day uh, I, I'll say this every time, 90% of severance letters that I see, and I see severance letters every single day, Big time. 90% of them are not adequate, and they're usually completely inadequate, <laughs> not even close. Right. And an employer is not going to say, hey, guess what? This is not a good offer, right? The employer is going to say, oh, yeah, it's a great offer. Yeah. And because they don't want you to, to ask for more, they don't mm-hmm. want you to, to pursue your full entitlements. So you owe it to yourself to uh, find out if the offer is fine. And if it's fine, it's great. Perfect. Sign off, accept, move on. But if it's not fine, you should know that and you should know what your options are. That's why we do the show. That's why I give people my phone number. That's why I created the severance calculator. 
uh, use it. Find out if your entitlements are have been met by the employer. Don't be shy. And don't take your employer's word for it. How many people have called in or used the severancepaycalculator.com and go, no way. You've got to be kidding me. They offered me two months and your calculator says I'm owed 18. Yeah. Like it's, it's bizarre. Bizarre. And, and it gets worse than that. Not only do they say, well, wait a second. Why is the discrepancy so large? Some of them take an extra step and maybe they contact the Ministry of Labor or they go on the Ministry of Labor's website yeah. and they say, wait a second. The Ministry of Labor is telling me two months and you're still telling me 18 or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, something must be off here. Maybe there's a bug in the severance calculator. No. Maybe you're confused, Lior. And the answer is no. There's You're no- often confused, but not about employment I'm law. I'm confused all the time. But employment law, I, I know. Okay? Let me get to uh, one more here before we carry on. Jeff, uh, email says, I'm a salesperson and have had me with the company for 15 years. The first eight years, I was an independent contractor, we hope. And then I uh, became an employee. I'm 47 years old. How much severance should I get? Yeah. And, and here's the, the answer. Unless something happened to change him from an independent contractor or an employee, the job changed somehow, or maybe his commitment in terms of hours to the position changed, he probably was an employee all along. Right. Okay. So that means he's now a 15-year employee. Uh, really, the fact that he was treated for the first few years as an independent contractor does not really mean anything. He probably was still an employee. If he was working for the company every day from their offices, using their equipment, then he was an employee. doesn't matter what the company... Uh, uh, called called him. We see that a lot. Oftentimes, by the you know, by the way, you know who oftentimes is treated as an independent contractor? Hairstylists. Uh, really? Hair, all the time. Because they pay for the chair, they do all their own thing. Right. Or, wow. Except except they work uh, in the same place, full time hours, exclusively, uh, and using the 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 company's own materials and for equipment. Sure. They don't. Uh, Set. Um, uh, they don't market. It's all the employer's uh, marketing efforts. So they're employees, uh, and usually, uh, many times, hairstylists are considered independent contractors. And when the relationship ends, when the company decides to let them go, they say, "Well, you're an independent contractor. We don't have to pay you anything." Wrong. And in most cases, that's completely wrong. It might shock you, but I haven't been doing a hairdresser in quite a long time. I, I am shocked. I am shocked. I was going to say, you know, the, uh, Just the, the studio lights beaming off yeah, the top of my yeah, head no. wasn't it? Wasn't a hint, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're going to give you. A, and if I let's throw a, let's throw the employers a bone here before we take a break. From an employer's listening, what can you tell them about the best way to deal with situations where they have employees on disability? Yeah, the the, the absolute uh, best way is not to uh, n- not to be too proactive, but also not to sit back too much. You need to to get information from the employee as to how long they expect to be off because you need to know what you have to do to run your business. If they're going to be off for a few weeks, fine, we'll wait. If it's going to be more than that, maybe we have to hire a replacement because we need someone to to man the position. Uh, If there's any questions, if you're not getting the information that you need, ask again. If the employee's been off for a while, ask the right question again. Write them a letter. Find out if they're planning on coming back to work. Ask for an updated medical letter so you know what, Mm -hmm. uh, what they're doing and only then make a business decision don't act on the basis of assumptions. Well, you've been off for six months, John, and we assume you're not coming back, so what do you want from us? Uh, it doesn't work that way. You have to act based on facts and based on medical records, and it's okay to ask for that information if you don't have it. one 821 5900 to get a hold of the or any time outside of show hours. Lior at employmenthour.com is the email. Lots more of the show coming up. It's the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. And more of the Employment Hour here. We got up until the uh, the top of the hour. You want to give us an email? We'd love to have it. Lior at employmenthour.com. And his phone keeps ringing outside of show hours, one 821 5900 a number you definitely want to keep. Let's get into a little bit about resignation, shall we? Uh, a question you probably get all the time with people thinking about it. Is it better to resign than to be let go? Yeah. 
I get it all the time. Let me tell you exactly the context that I get that question asked. Oftentimes, an employer may say, well, you know, we're not happy with your performance, so we're going to let you go, but we're going to give you an opportunity if you want instead, instead of us letting you go, to resign. And may, many people may think that that's a better, uh, better thing because maybe that will help them to get EI or maybe that helps them in the future with other job prospects. Don't have a blemish on the record. Right. That's what they're thinking, right? Absolute nonsense. <laughs> and, 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 and let me tell you why. The first reason is, first of all, if you resign, you don't get severance. Yeah. But let's start with that's that. That's a big okay? one, right? It's a big one. And severance could be tens of thousands of dollars. What the heck are we doing here if we're going to yeah. walk away from that, okay? Uh, that's number one. Number two, with respect to EI. Unless the employer lets you go for cause, and unless you did something awful, horrendous, and the employer can prove that, you're going to get EI, okay? So if you stole, guess what? You're not going to get EI. But if the employer is alleging performance issues, you're still going to get EI in most of these cases. So EI is not an issue. And if, they, if you stole, they wouldn't be giving you the option anyway. They'd exactly. give you the boot. They wouldn't have the, this conversation. The police would be escorting you out of the building. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And with respect to future uh, job prospects, at the end of the day, uh, if it's a termination without cause, employers understand that there's restructuring, changes, cost cutting. It's not going to hurt your job prospects in the future. No. There's literally exactly zero reasons why someone would prefer a resignation to a termination. And employers often do that to try to avoid what they have to pay. So don't fall into that trap. What if you're given the, uh, the ultimatum? You either resign or we're going to smoke you. You're going to get terminated. Yeah, that is a termination by any other name. No question. If your option is to uh, you know, be, be, be shot by uh, a bullet or be thrown off a cliff, that is still uh, the same result, you right? It. It's exactly the same. So in that sense situation, if you resign because of that ultimatum, well, that's still a termination as long as you can prove that you were given that ultimatum. Okay. I still advise someone not to, uh, not to resign and tell the employer, if that's your decision. If you want to let me go, let me go. You have to mm-hmm. pay me what you have to pay me, but I'm not quitting. Uh, but certainly if, if you can prove, and some employers have done something as silly as put that in writing. So employee, you have by tomorrow to decide whether you're going to resign or we're going to let you go. In that case, even if the person decides to let go, that is still a termination in the eyes of the law. That is still something that entitles them to get severance. If you, uh, if you have that in writing and they, and they do that, can't, is, is there something extra? Isn't that kind of aggressive? Isn't there some sort of legalese like that? You can't threaten somebody like that, can you? Well, you know, oftentimes... Uh, Beyond our, just to getting yeah. your severance package. Our, our, cor- brutal. our courts have penalized employers right. that acted in bad faith, that acted in a way that was completely uh, unprofessional and demeaning to the employee, and they've awarded against that employer what we call punitive damages. Right. Damages that are intended to punish, if you will, the employer for that that treatment that our legal system considers to be unacceptable. Now, unlike in the United States, where you can get punitive damages if you don't look at someone the right way. Hot coffee, $10 million. At least. It's much more difficult to get punitive damages in Canada. It has to be pretty extreme conduct on behalf of, in this case, the employer. Well, we're reasonable. Uh, But uh, for the most part, yes, if the employer has acted completely capriciously in a way that makes the employee uh, feel uh, demeaned, embarrassed, and maybe makes them uh, feel embarrassed in comparison to their... Threatened, maybe? Yeah, threatened, definitely. You could get punitive damages... But it's not a given, unlike in the United States. So when is a resignation really a resignation? A resignation is a resignation if it's done unilaterally and voluntarily Mm. by the employee. If the employee decides of their own volition uh, to resign for their own reasons, nothing to do with what the employer did to them, not because they were given an ultimatum, if they make a decision such as that, that is a resignation. And in that case, the employee is not entitled to any compensation. other than to get paid till their last day of work and any outstanding vacation pay. 
Uh, but really, it's only if it's done unilaterally, voluntarily, and not as a result of the employer doing something to you to make you have to uh, no, have no choice but to resign. Does everything else end at the day of resignation? So we talked about this before with being let go, you know, getting let go a month before the bonus comes out. If I quit a month before my yearly bonus, I don't get the bonus? Yeah, excellent question. And usually if you've earned the bonus, so let's say the bonus is calculated from uh, Jan 1 to December 31st, and I quit in February, but the bonus hasn't actually get pay- got paid yet because it's paid in March. I'm still going to be entitled to that bonus because I earned it, yes. okay? Unless, of course, I signed a contract of employment right. that says that if I am not actively working on the day the bonus is paid, I don't get the bonus. Gotcha. So usually you would get the bonus that you've earned. Any amount, any monies that you've earned up until the last date of termination you get, even if they haven't yet been paid. Uh, we had an email a short time ago and a few segments ago about Sean, about his, his, his workplace wanting to relocate. Well, what if someone uh, resigns because of work conditions change or become unbearable? Yeah, and that is not a real resignation. If something mm-hmm. happens uh, at the workplace, maybe the employers change the terms of employment or there's a work environment that's been created, a poison work environment that you're really uncomfortable working anymore. It's not reasonable to continue working. And as a result of that, you resign. That is a constructive dismissal. That is not a real resignation, which means in the eyes of the law, it's as if the employer let you go. So a resignation like that really is just uh, a termination by a different name, which means the employee still has the same entitlements to severance, to compensation, as they would if the employer flat out let them go. Can you take back a resignation? Yeah, and and the answer is yes, you can. Oftentimes, uh, things happen in the heat of the moment. You may have had an argument with someone. Storm out the door. I can't take this. I quit. You throw (laughs) down the headphones, and then you, you get out of there. Was that a radio reference? Yeah, that's a radio really? reference. Because it only happens in radio, yeah, right? That's yeah. where we all quit. Help with this place. I'm out of here. Yeah, you've done that before, John? No, no. I don't plan to. No. Uh, but in the, if, you do, if the resignation happens in the heat of the moment, you absolutely can take it back. And uh, if the employer tries to take advantage of that, say, no, no, you said the word quit, the employee. You said the word <laughs> resign, so we're not going to let you do that. That, is, that then becomes a termination. Usually there's a fairly uh, a small window to take it back. Like so a day? You, yeah, probably about a day, maybe yeah. a couple tops. If you uh, change your mind a month later, that's too late. So a uh, heat-of-the-moment resignation can be taken back um, right away and ideally in writing so that there's a record that you did take it back. We'll get to a few emails here after the break and get into the severance pay calculator. If you're not familiar with that, we'll cover that as well. The number is one 821 5900 That's Lior's personal number and his email as well, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. More of the Employment Hour coming up right here on AM640 and AM900 CHML. Getting into our last few minutes here of the Employment Hour, the email is Lior at employmenthour.com, and his number, privately, personally, is one 821 5900 Well, it's no longer private. I just yeah, it out. over <laughs> the air. Thanks, John. <laughs> Done. Uh, so we'll get to a, a couple emails here before we wrap. Uh, Jeannie says, I suspect, oh, you'll love this one. I suspect that my boss is having a relationship with a coworker of mine, because that never happens. He gives her preferential treatment, including uh, the most hours, longer breaks, and preference for vacation. Can I do something? No. Perfect. Have a good time, no. folks. We'll catch you next yeah, weekend. No, uh, obviously. I mean, that, that's, that's very wrong on many levels. Put the law aside just for a second. I mean, that's right. just awful for, for morale in the workplace. It's not going to create a productive uh, workplace at all. Uh, so very bad idea. But that also is a potentially uh, a human rights issue. That could actually be considered sexual discrimination on the wow. basis that, uh, you know, you're, you're sleeping with her. You're giving her better treatment than you're giving me because – 
you know, because she's in a relationship with you and I'm not. So that actually is a form of sexual discrimination. And that's the type of conduct that's not acceptable in the workplace. You may be entitled to human rights damages. You could potentially also treat that as a constructive dismissal on the basis that the work environment now is poisoned by the fact that they have a relationship that impacts others, impacts me as an employee. So, so that is a very, very bad, uh, bad thing to have in the workplace. Certainly, for uh, for uh, if a boss is going to be in a relationship with a subordinate, he, he or she shouldn't let that affect other employees. That could uh, turn into something ugly really quickly. How does she prove it? Yeah, and and the only way you would actually prove it is someone either backing you up or having something in writing, something to show that. Uh, the comments were made that were inappropriate. It's going to be tough to prove if it's just your word against someone else's. But my experience in these types of cases, if you're uh, suffering from that, that situation, others are feeling it as well. Right. So you may well have others in the workplace willing to back you up. Yeah, there's cameras on every cell phone. Uh, we'll get to Richard here. It says, I've been uh, suspended without pay for the last week, pending an investigation of my expense account. I didn't do anything wrong, according to Richard. It says, do I have to wait for the company to call me back to work? Yeah, and, and, and that's just wrong. And, and here's what I mean by that. An employer cannot and should not suspend someone without pay. And let me tell you why. A suspension without pay is a disciplinary measure. It's discipline. Right. So if this company is investigating whether this guy did something wrong, why are they providing discipline? So they already lowered the gavel on him. Right. So let's punish you while we're trying to determine if you, if you have to be punished. It makes no sense. It's putting the cart before the horse. It's one thing to say, okay, we're going to suspend you with pay pending the conclusion of the investigation. We don't necessarily want you in the workplace until we've resolved it. The police often Uh, do that, right? The union. That's right. They do that. And and the same principles apply in non-unionized environments. A suspension without pay is always, always a disciplinary measure. So in this case, not only does he not have to wait, he can treat his employment right now, today, as a constructive dismissal because that's a termination by by a different name. So he does not have to wait. He can treat that as a termination if he so chooses. If he doesn't want to treat it as a termination, I guess his only other choice is to wait, and hopefully this thing turns out well, and they'll come back and say, are bad, and come back to work. Something tells me if they've already gone to the extreme of suspending without pay, it's probably not going to end up well. So we should just probably... I think he, he yeah. probably is best off to treat that as a termination now rather than wait for the formal confirmation that can happen uh, down the road. Let's take uh, one more. We've got the last few minutes here. So, uh, Ron emails in and says, my employer let me go after a week after I came back from medical leave. Says, I just found an ad online where they posted for a replacement for me. Can they do this? Wow. Yeah, well, you know, what, what I said before ties into what we were talking about. If the employer terminates someone when they come back of, from a medical leave, for legitimate reasons, because that job doesn't exist, then that's okay. But if they terminate them uh, in a situation where they're still looking to to have an employee there, it makes it seem like the reason they've terminated employment is because someone took a medical leave. That's illegal. That's a human rights violation. So not only is this person obviously get severance, that goes without saying, there may be a human rights aspect to that case. Right. So so really, should they should give me a call to discuss that in more detail. Tell me more about the severance pay calculator. You, you want to know about the severance calculator? I love it. Please, Mr. Sanfuro, right. tell me. I'll tell you if you insist. So severancepaycalculator.com, we've mentioned it earlier on the show, simply allows you to find out how much severance you're owed if your employment is terminated. Now, I want to make it clear. That applies whether you work for a huge company or a company with one or two employees. It's the same idea. It's still going to apply. It's still going to provide you uh, an accurate reflection of what you would be owed. So uh, it, it's not wrong. And if you use it, you're going to get an amount there that says you know 12 months, 6 months, mm-hmm. some other amount. And you're going to think that's too high. You're going to think, no, no, it can't be. Maybe there's a bug in the system. There's no bug in the system. Severancepaycalculator.com. 
Go there, use it. It's a great tool. It's free. It's easy to use. Uh, and I encourage everyone to go there right now. Tens of thousands have used it as a matter About 100,000 people so far. What it's up to? Yeah, 100,000 wow. people. And tell me about terminationquestions.com. Before Ask go. me questions right there. Uh, I answer within a few minutes. Terminationquestions.com. I'll answer your questions. One of my colleagues will. Maybe you're bashful. You don't want to talk to me live. You don't want to call uh, on our show live on the air. Ask me there. I'll answer your question. It's really an extension of this radio show. Mm-hmm. Uh, do that seven days a week. And the chances are you're at, your question's probably been asked. Yeah, right? there's a there's huge there. index there of questions, hundreds and hundreds of questions that we've already answered. Inform yourself about the employment law and ask your question if you have it. The number is one 821 5900 That's Lior's number anytime once this show ends or otherwise. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We'll catch you here same time next week in the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHM. Email.